Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all Depends on what's in it for them They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash They lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash Succeed or fail, it has to the tell Dungeons and debacles starts now Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin Going around the table, John Hey there I play a Ludidas, Elven Monk, technically evil. <laughs> technically. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. Definitely evil. <laughs> and Shane. Uh, I'm Shane playing Alexander, the human bird. And Blake. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the Dragonborn Eldritch Knight slash Wizard. So, last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, uh, you guys made it into the tomb of Borsh Bonebreaker uh, after many days of fighting your way through this volcano and fighting fire elementals and an F. Freddy. Uh, you finally met the man himself. Uh, he was not what you were expecting. Uh, he took a great liking to Talia because of uh, her little sass mouth. She gained his respect and basically told you his story about the battle with Axis and how it was the proudest moment of his life. But even so, he was trapped down here in this tomb and he didn't know why because uh, he thought he was Kord's greatest champion um, and it was the greatest battle ever fought. After you took his girdle, um, you noticed a light come out of nowhere and his ghost evaporated. So uh, he had told you that uh, he thought he was trapped here because of uh, his hubris in uh, creating that artifact. Um, after that, uh, you guys went around the room and you've basically looted everything in this place, uh, including uh, hundreds of books um, that Juliet took. You took the girdle along with a rod, um, some leathers, and a cloak. And that is where you find yourselves now. So what are you doing? Well then, it looks like we've exhausted this room and got what we came for, that belt. Shall we go and hopefully escape the clutches of uh, Cull and the rest of his group? Yeah, I want to check that we're behind us. <laughs> check on buttercup she's she's been alone for too long yeah i'm a little concerned about abbott poor guy he probably has to like pee so bad he probably already has yeah i don't know what stopped him yeah it's been see what have you, you've been down here for probably what three days has it been I that think we long? only had i think we only had the one long rest no we had at least two long rests so probably at least two days at this point so yeah, let's let's head back to where we we parked the animals and uh, check on them and and try to find a way out of here. Um, 
I recall there was a carved opening, possibly, so we don't have to go back out the way we came. Maybe. You're right, except we still have to cross that bridge. A little bit easier now that we don't have Adel. Still kind of broken, but yeah, I guess so. Are you guys uh, making your way back out? Yep. You make your way through this lower level uh, with no problem. Um, You're noticing that the lava spots that have uh, popped up in the floor have now cooled um, in the hours uh, since you've been through here. You think uh, that may have had something to do with the fact that that Efredi is no longer here. Um, You're also not running into those uh, shimmering areas that you encountered before that uh, appear to be now that you know what was going on, a bleed through. Um, from the fire elemental plane into this plane that was caused by the Efredi. He was trying to make this place down here more like his home. You make it up to the first level that you came in through, and we're going to say that you get to the bridge, and I'm going to need athletics checks from everyone. Or, Does it have to be athletics? Uh, I'll let you do acrobatics, too. Yay. So, go ahead and roll those. Seven. Ten. <laughs> Alexander is going across this bridge first, and uh, you get about three steps out onto this thing, and uh, your foot goes through one of these cobblestones. Uh, give me a, another uh, acrobatics check. Seventeen. So you are able to um, like put your foot or put your weight on your other foot and uh, propel yourself out of it. You're going to do like this, not like a cartwheel, but uh, what's, what do you call that like uh, when you uh, like do a roll? A somersault? Yeah. So you do a somersault and uh, you're going to land on your feet and give me uh, one more acrobatics check. Ka-chow. 16. So you do that somersault and you land on your feet and then you're going to uh, spring forward into a roll and make it across the bridge. So uh, Talia, uh, with that 10, um, you're going to feel some crumbling underneath your foot, um, but you're able to um, put your weight on your other foot and steady yourself on some more solid rocks. Uh, Give me one more acrobatics check. 20. 20. So so, uh, you feel that unsteadiness and you're like, well, I'm just going to try to bucket across this bridge. Um, so you take off running and uh, you make it to the other side. Uh, Juliet, uh, with that 11, you're going to feel some unsteadiness in some of these uh, cobblestones underneath you, but they don't give way even under your weight. Uh, give me one more acrobatics check or athletics. An eight. Spectacular. You take another step and your foot is going to go through. Uh, one of these cobblestones. Uh, give me another athletics check. All right. So what? What's the bets on uh, it being a natural one? Place your one in twenty. One in twenty. Even odds. Uh, twenty-three. Okay. Better. <laughs> so you're going to fall uh, basically down to your thigh, and your hands are going to reach out, and you find some uh, some solid stone here, and you're going to push yourself up out of this hole. Uh, give me one more athletics check. 13. So uh, you push yourself up 
and you're gonna crawl for a little bit and then you get up on your feet and you're able to make it um, the rest of the way across this bridge. All right, so that leaves Lunada. So with an 18 in your acrobatics, um, you're just going to take off running across this thing. Uh, give me one more acrobatics check. I prefer to think of it as dancing, especially with a 25. <laughs> so yeah, you just scoot right across this uh, with no trouble. Your feet are barely touching the ground, and uh, you make it over to the other side. That leaves turns. That's the way you do it. So what next? Uh, turns up. All right, so he's going to roll a seven. So he's trying to uh, cross this bridge, and he's being very uh, gingerly about it. And his first step out there, uh, his foot goes through. So there's quite a bit of uh, holes in the uh, bot uh, southern part of this bridge now. And he's going to make another check. That's a 12. So he's a... Uh, he uh, catches himself. He hugs up against the side of this thing, trying to steady himself. He's going to make one more check. Oh, and that's a natural 20. Um, so he's going to scoot his way along, and he's going to make it to the other side. He's going to say, damn, that was a close one. Well, you're still anyone. alive. But did you, you die? So uh, you guys make it across the bridge. And you're going to make it back through that room where all the spiders came out. Everybody give me a perception check. 22. Ooh, I made my passive. Six. Six. All right, so Alexander and Alunidas, you are going to hear some faint skittering uh, down in this uh, chasm. Uh, it sounds like there's more spiders down there. Uh, let's not hang about, yeah? Spooters are bad. So you guys are going to make it past this chamber and through this heavy door that was uh, warded when you came in and then back around to the east and to the south until uh, you start approaching uh, where you came in. And uh, everybody give me another perception check. 11. 17. 14. 16. So, Alunidas and Talia, you're going to hear some, like, faint, high-pitched barking. Is that Abbott? Oh, no, Abbott! And, uh, yeah, you think it's Abbott, and he is going nuts. Good Guys, uh, Abbott is sensing something. Let's get out there quickly and carefully. Um, so you guys are continuing on towards the entrance? Yes. I suspect there's danger, but if they've hurt our dogs or horses, they're going to die. Horribly. Accurate. As you approach the entrance of the tomb where you came in, you can start to see the glow of early morning. And uh, you're here in Abbott, and he's going nuts. This glow is the first sunlight you've seen in a couple days, and even in this low light, it takes your eyes a second to adjust. And as you get closer to the entrance, you can see Abbott scratching at that magical field that blocks the entrance and uh, he's up on his hind legs and it looks like he's pawing at air uh, his bark sounds uh, hoarse like he's been at it for a while oh, poor puppy so as you continue I'm... on you're now seeing uh, your cart and your horses and Abbott just them yeah 
that's all you can uh, really see other than like uh, kind of like caddy corner probably a, like a 45 degree angle coming around this uh, turn uh, looking out the entrance uh, you can start to see some light from outside let's go check on the animals let's see if there's an evil dragon or technically good dragon born out there trying to kill us yep alright is anybody walking up to the entrance I will I'll put my hood up and, and also walk that way Okay, so Talia, you're stealthy? Yes. Uh, give me a stealth check. <laughs> it's a good thing you got advantage. <laughs> so that was a uh, crit fail and a 27. But damn, even with your crit fail, that's a 10. It's it's good to be an expert in some things. <laughs> As uh, Alexander and Talia, uh, you go up to look out the entrance. Uh, you're going to look out the mouth of this tomb. And you see sitting on a stump about 20 feet from the entrance, a hulking silver dragonborn with a large greatsword on his lap. And behind him is an encampment of a dozen or more knights going about the morning's chores. They're all wearing the plate, even though it's very early in the morning and you think they just woke up. And they all bear the symbol of Ashville. You also see about a half dozen battle mages behind them. Well, we're not going out this way. I'm going to whisper that. Um, so okay. if you look at the map now, the tomb entrance would be to the very north and center. Seeing some movement in the entrance, Cole looks up and says, It's been at it for most of the night, and I have a tremendous headache from it. I'd appreciate it if you would shut that dog up. You guys heard that, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, wondering. I'm just not sure how to respond. I'm not going to bother responding. I'm just going to... Head Abbott on the head, pick him up, walk back inside. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll follow and uh, start saddling up uh, Estelle. Juliet will wander to the front and look out at Cole. So you're Cole, I presume. Juliet, I presume. How do you know my name? Am I really that famous? <laughs> In my circles, you are. Or should I say, former god, traitor. Mm, that's fair. I had my reasons. But uh, where are the other companions? Surely they followed you here to destroy evil and whatever else it is that you do. You better for a lot isn't worthy of the full attention of the companions. So, tell me, Juliet. You are tasked with stopping your Italians from getting the artifact. Why are you the puppets now? Uh, is Alundas there? He, well, close enough to hear. Oof, okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody can, I mean, he's not whispering or making any secret about what he's saying, and he's got a big booming voice, so everybody inside the tomb is going to be able to hear it as well as everyone outside and you see all these knights and mages drop what they're doing start moving towards the entrance look Carl, it was a big mis misunderstanding and i was kind of forced into this whole thing i understand you're angry and you have every right to be but i swear i'm innocent mostly so you claim to be a victim in all of this 
bodies you left behind. I did not leave all those bodies. Don't be shy. You left quite a few behind. Name them. Oh, you had your former companions there at the Ravenswood, and then you helped slaughter the temple, and you've done quite a lot. Don't, don't, don't be coy. Don't Let be me humble. just say that I never killed a single innocent person. I didn't kill my friends. I didn't kill anybody at the temple, except if you count the ones that were asleep that burned down. Um, that was not. It was also the bishop. A good example. You had okay, the bishop in the fire. Got me there. But uh, all awesome. the rest were not me. And Cole's going to say, I see the monk makes my case for me. Well, she chose this of her own free will, and she's doing a damn fine job serving the cause. Ooh. Um, look, Cole, I don't suppose we could talk this over like reasonable people? <laughs> I think the time for talk is over. You talk companions. Did you actually think you would get away with your charade? Sure, a drunk in a tavern will claim to be one of us every now and then, and he'll get off with a beating if we catch him. But you committed evil in our name. That won't be pardoned so easily. Wait, what do you think the Red Talons are doing, anyway? I think they're causing chaos and committing murder and gaining power and gathering the artifacts of the saviors. Any one of those is enough for them to be killed. Well, you're right about us gathering artifacts, but would you believe us if we said we don't have all of them, not even close to all of them? In fact, Sish has one of them. You should be hunting him down, to be honest. He's the one who's in charge of all of this and he'll likely be the ones to try and repossess our artifacts. Uh, roll me a deception check. That is a solid eight. I don't believe anything that passes your lips. Some of that might have been true. Some of it, maybe. It was, it was pretty close to true. Uh, in any event, exactly. it looks like this is going to be a warm reception. Maybe we should be going. Exactly how many artifacts do you have? I had a long duck with the Afrok chief down there. It tells me that you came through calling yourselves. What was it? it entertainers? Said you had Bonebreaker's sword. Said you claimed to have defeated the chief of the Grass Isles to get it. Said you traded it for information on Bonebreaker's girdle. He also said you stole it and ran when I showed up at his gates. Uh, it's our sword, and we're on a mission. No running, just advancing. You are in his tomb. Do you have the girdle? No, we don't. We didn't find it in here. Someone had already looted the tomb. Uh, deception check, Alexander. Oh, that's the wrong check. Oof. 27. Is that so? I know you at least have the amulet. Nah, we lost the amulet on the way over. Someone was able to ransack us and steal it away. We plan to come after him later. 29 on deception. <laughs> Is that so? Who took it? Didn't give a name. Had a mask over his face. Just fucking beat our ass, took the amulet, and ran off. 
before we were able to do any counterattack. Uh, give me a... Everybody give me a wisdom save. 19 on wisdom save. 21. <laughs> Only 10. Oof, Talia. <laughs> With a 3. Ooh. Well, shoot. You're going to see Sish... Uh, make a slight hand gesture and point to you and mutter something under his breath that you can't quite make out. What did he look like? A uh, regular build had a black uh, cowl on, uh, black cloak, largely just covered in black. Came at us in the night. And where did this happen? Uh, somewhere in the desert. Uh, we had just finished uh, fighting some sort of dragon creature that we had found over. Call is going to motion for one of these battle mages to step up. And you're going to hear Call whisper something to this battle mage. This uh, battle mage is going to start casting a uh, spell. Uh, anyone who's trained in Arcana can give me an Arcana check. That is a 24. Juliet, you would know that this battle mage is casting Detect Magic. Ooh, and I don't have time to hide the, the amulet. Doesn't well. really matter. Oh, that was, that was something I should have done. We're all going to light up like Christmas trees. <laughs> so the uh, battle mage is going to turn to Call and whisper something. And uh, Call's going to say, You lie well, is like a spotlight to this mage. I know you have them. Release them to me, and perhaps I will give you a merciful death. Uh, or perhaps you could eat Cloaca. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, uh, let's calm down here. Surely there's some way we can negotiate this. Um, maybe you don't kill us and we give the artifacts to you. Absolutely not. I gave you a fair deal. Surrender and give the artifacts to me. I will just be at you here. Or be difficult and I can drag you back to the Avor camp in chains and let them dispense their justice. If I recall, they beat traitors to death with their fists. It takes much longer, but it's very therapeutic for them. I'd love to see them try and get in here. I'm saying uh, that not in character, sorry. No matter. You won't hear leaving here alive, much less with either of the artifacts. We can't get in that tomb, but there was another way out. You wouldn't be here, would you? Now I guess we could do this a couple of ways, suppose. We aren't going anywhere, so you can stay in there and starve. Which would take a while. Or you could do it the easy way and just come out and surrender. Or we could do this the harder and more fun way. Meet us in battle here this morning. We shall see if ruin smiles on you or bombs will be done this day. Oh, you're one of those Bahamut people. Well, in that case, our negotiation scenes are over. Yeah, self-righteous pricks the whole lot of them. 
Let's go learn how tasty spider is. We'll be waiting. If not today, I will see you all dead. If it's the last thing I do. Good luck with that. And the Lunadas walks back inside. I will walk back in as well. So, uh, as you start to walk away, um, Call is going to pull the great sword from his lap and stand up. And he is going to chant something. And you see his blade erupt in this bright white light. And he's going to come charging at the tomb. Oh, God, Bron. And I don't know. This could be funny. And he is going to charge. And he is going to swing as hard as he can. Screaming. I will not be dismissed. As he swings his great sword into this barrier. And it just bounces off. And you see the, the light from this uh, his sword dissipate in this flash of bright light that dissipates over the uh, this force field over the uh, tomb. Luna does laughs and laughs and laughs. You'll be the first to die, Elf. Uh, I swear it. Don't swear things that you can't fulfill. So he's going to turn back around and walk back to the stump and sit down. Oh, uh, one more thing. Cole, how did you find us? I didn't know we left that much of a trail. As I said, the Afrochik and I had a long talk. He gave me your descriptions and said you are looking for the girdle. It doesn't take a sage to put that together. It also didn't take much to convince him to tell me where the entrance to the tomb was. I also convinced him that all this trouble between Asheville is your and your ilk's fault. There will be no more hostilities between the two. He just wants the sword back and any pretty bits of you that are left when I'm finished. Well, thank you for the information. Um, if you ever find your way back to Kala, say hi to my mother and father. Um, and you can stay out here as long as you like. We will stay inside, and eventually one of us will get tired. Probably them. We won't be out in the rain. Your mother and father aren't very talkative these days. Uh, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and he calls himself the good guy. Return to Kyle and find out yourself. Cole, if anything has been done to my family, I will make sure you pay for it in spades. We shall see if you can back that threat up. I'll be waiting for you, Red Skull. And a bigot on top of everything. Who would have guessed? Hmm. Farewell, worm. Eh? Play on words? Eh? Eh? And uh, he spits at you. That's an impressive feat, considering he probably doesn't have lips. <laughs> Do reptiles have lips? Well, I guess it would be more like he shoots flame out of his mouth. <laughs> A little well, tendril. my curiosity has been sated. Anybody else have any questions? Nope, I really don't relish talking to these folks. They're jerks. 
Back inside the cave, then. Into the cave we go. All right, so uh, you're back inside the cave. What are you doing now? Heading back toward that room that had a hole in the wall. Sunlight was coming in with our horses and Abbott. You make it back through those doors and you enter this large chamber um, where you fought the spiders before. Uh, Everybody give me a perception check. Nine. Four. Six. Also six. I still managed (laughs) to get the highest. (laughs) You get inside and you stop and listen to see if you can hear that skittering again. And you don't appear to hear it. Let's get to work widening this hole so we can get everything out quickly and quietly. So, um, I guess you'd be going over here to the northwest portion of the map where you see some rocks and um, crates and stones and uh, chests that were made of stone. Um, It looks like they basically just stuffed whatever they could find in this hole to plug it up. You're going to see some uh, through some cracks in this rock. You can see the flank the faint glow of daylight as it's probably around um, noon at this point. I love that there's this impenetrable tomb sealed by the most powerful ancient magics with a fucking hole in the wall patched with rubble. I mean, they didn't think anyone would find it. You probably can't find it from the outside. Half-orcs are incurious, I guess. So, uh, are you going to um, start moving this stuff? Yep. Absolutely. I have no desire to fight Cole. Yeah. So after several backbreaking hours, you're able to clear enough of this exit to get through. You're going to walk for about a quarter mile, and the glow gets brighter and brighter until you round a bend of this corridor, and you're going to see two figures standing near the uh, exit of this tomb or of, the, of this mountain. Uh, at this point, they're still pretty far away. Mm-hmm. What do you think, friend or foe, or foe? Or more foe. Uh, well, if it's me. foe, I mean, we're no better off than, or worse off than we were, so. And there's only two of them. Uh, give me a perception check. 16. Natural one. Talia and Alunidas, um, you are able to make out that they both appear humanoid. Um, one seems to be probably six inches taller than the other one. One looks like a female form, and the other one looks like uh, kind of a male form by their outlines. Maleish, femaleish, humanoidish. Can't tell much more than that, guys. Well, they're not spiders, so it's worth a shot to see who they are. True, they might be. Uh, who knows what they are? It's uh, oh, Talia might be able to sneak up, get a better look at them, or we can just try to get up there as quick as we can, all of us. Let's just uh, let's just go talk to them, I guess. Like, we're not. I don't know. Yeah, let's just go on up. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You get in a fight we and die. die. We cause the mountain to erupt and destroy everyone, but without freeing ruin. <laughs> and then the people that are trying to free ruin can't get the artifacts that are on us because they're trapped behind the barriers still, and there doesn't exist a key on the outside they can get through. All right. What's the second worst thing that could happen? Abbott gets uh, hurt. Your body count. <laughs> Let's just walk up there. Ride, technically, but yeah. All right, then we ride up. 
you're probably not riding because the, the ceiling's not high enough in here, so you'd be leading your horses in that cart, and there's probably only maybe an inch to other to either side of this cart to be able to get it through here. So you're having to go very slowly and carefully because it keeps getting stuck on the side of the wall. So I'm guessing Alunidas is at the back, carefully shivying the cart while everyone else is up front. Sounds about right. Come on, Buttercup. Easy girl. Boy. Easy boy. Keep on forgetting he's a stallion. Gelding. All right, so you're moving forward? Yes. Yep. As you get closer... Um, you can see that this appears to be a uh, uh, a woman and a man standing before you. Uh, the woman is dressed in what looks like this uh, um, chitinous black scale armor. It's shiny and uh, segment- segmented like the skin of a, like a black widow spider. She's also wearing a long black coat and her hood's up covering her face. And she doesn't appear to be armed and is holding her arms against her chest in a sign of non-aggression. And beside her is a tall man with elven features with long blonde hair. He's dressed in brown leathers and a grayish cloak. He's carrying a rapier and that strange dagger-like weapon you once saw Nifron carrying. And you can also see that, uh, well, everybody give me a perception check. 21. And it's pronounced chitin or chitinous. 15. Alunidas, you're going to see that he's got that same spider-like scar on his forehead like Nifron had. Uh, this appears to be an elf and Nifron, uh, as you remember, it was a human. He breaks his silence and says, It's about time. I was tired of waiting. And the woman says, it took just as long as the prophet said it would. And she's going to pull back her hood. And you see that she has this long black shiny hair. And sickly, pale, clammy white skin. But uh, what disturbs you most is her eyes. Uh, where a person would have two. She has eight black shiny orbs like a spider. That's creeptastic. <laughs> Uh, she opens her mouth to speak, and you see instead of teeth, she has two black fangs, like protrusions in her mouth, uh, which is pretty unsettling itself. And she says, My dark companions, be at ease. I mean you no harm. I'm an envoy sent by my mistress on behalf of the great worm Ruin Axis. My name is Kalashi, and I am at your service. I knew you, Alexander. Juliet, Alunidas, and Talia, but I do not know this man. And she looks at Turin, and Turin's going to speak up and says, I'm Turin, servant of the prophet, or once prophet, because he's dead, as most of my people are. And Kayla's going to say, how unfortunate, she says dryly, and there's even without an inside check, you can tell she just doesn't care. And uh, she says, where's the hell spawn? Uh, uh, he was dead set on staying where he was. Uh, he got he got turned to metal and died. Um, yeah, I, I tried to make that witty, but I, I don't know how to do it. He was killed by his own stupidity. No matter. He was a liability anyway. Yeah. I have a message of great importance. May we please parlay 
Absolutely. So she's going to say, let us make ourselves more comfortable, shall we? And at that, the woman grasps a blood-red pendant around her neck in the shape of a spider. Uh, everybody give me a wisdom check. 16 again. Crit. Well done, Alexander. Alexander. The first one, to be fair, the, the first one on there, it was actually me trying to move my screen around. So this was well before we did check. <laughs> Liar. Cheater. <laughs> no. Okay. If I mean, if you want to give me a fail. <laughs> but this whole thing is super awkward. My pixels were cocked. Those are cocked pixels. I get to reroll that. <laughs> All right. You two are going to know it's the same symbol you saw uh, as the scar on Nifron's forehead. Um, she's going to begin to speak a few wor- words. Um, does anybody know Abyssal? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. D- no. Turin sure doesn't know it. <laughs> she's going to start speaking these uh, words you don't understand. It's like, and it kind of sounds like backwards, like you're listening to the. Uh, like a Beatles album trying to hear the Paul John is Walrus. Yeah, exactly. After a few seconds, uh, she completes the spell and fog rises from the ground in front of her. And as it dissipates, you see a great obsidian table about 10 feet long with six chairs surrounding it. And on the table, there's a great feast laid out before you. There's boar and beef, chicken and mutton, along with dozens of fruits and vegetables and even pastries and a large bowl of ice cream. There's, <laughs> nice. How did you do that? And she says, anything is possible with my mistress's power. You're also going to notice that there's a tankard, Seville, and uh, carafes of wine, as well as fruit juices, milk, water, and what appears to be a carafe of dark red wine, um, or it could be blood. So Kayla's going to raise her head and spreads her arms and gives you an unsettling smile. Please sit and find comfort. Your deeds this day have been exhausting for any mortal. You will find sustenance here clean, palatable, and fortifying. Thanks be to my mistress. She's going to move to the head of the table, and the tall elf pulls out her chair, and she sits. Uh, Real quick, did she mention who her mistress is while I was... You know, dealing with internet troubles? No, she didn't mention. Okay. This uh, guy that you think uh, has the markings of Nifron takes the uh, seat to her right, and she motions uh, to the dark wine decanter, and he stands back up, taking the decanter and pouring the drink into the crystal goblet in front of her. She's going to take a drink of the dark, viscous red fluid, sighs, and motions for the elf to take a seat. Alunada sets into the fruit and veggies with a will. Okay, so while we enjoy this, uh, perhaps you can answer one of my pressing questions uh, aside the whole spider face thing. Uh, no offense, I know I'm a lizard face thing, so I, I totally feel you. Um, no, no, let's. Business will come later. Please sit and enjoy yourselves, for I know you must be exhausted. Well, some nice food is good. Ooh, is that key? Um, <laughs> Halia is going to pile a plate high with, like, meat, 
and veggies and like all of the food. And then she's going to take the entire bowl of ice cream and sit down with both things. Now, Talia, don't eat that all in one sitting. That sounds like a challenge. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so you two have dug in and uh, you notice Nifron's taking like a large portion of board and some potatoes and sits down and uh, begins eating like he has an eight in several days. And this is before like Alexander and, and Juliet have a chance to sit down and Kayla hisses at him and says, Manners, Nifron, our guests haven't served themselves yet. You may have the queen's favor, but I hold your leash, and you, like a dog, must be healed. And this uh, guy she called Nifron, which you doesn't look like the man that you've met before, gives uh, her a stern look and throws his dagger and knife down in front of him and gives you a nod, Juliet, and uh, Alexander, like, get on with it. I sit down and start eating. Uh, Lumina speaks with a uh, mouth full of food. Nifron, that the same guy we, um, excuse me, the, the same one we worked with in Kala? You don't look like him. He doesn't give you uh, an answer, and uh, Kayla is going to look to you. She says, he takes what form he needs. Handy. But I do apologize. Please eat. Be sated and refresh. I hope the selections are to your liking. I forget what your kind eat, but I have prayed to my queen, and she always knows. Any chance did your queen uh, get some dog food? Because otherwise I'm going to have to take some of this for for the pup. Take whatever you need from the table. I'm going to take, like, a... Uh like one of the trotters with like a bunch of meat like the trotter up to like the the first joint and uh toss that to to abbott so uh as you remove that you notice that uh what you took reappears again that's not weird at all guys um guys it's uh gotta be magic it's always magic i'm sure it's perfectly safe to eat talia i have this funny feeling i'm not gonna be able to finish that ice cream <laughs> Kayla laughs. She says, Thou no wise, this food is clean. And yes, while magical, very fortifying. As you others have started eating, you notice that like the weariness that you felt from like walking through this tomb and uh, breaking your backs, clearing out that exit of that room, you feel that weariness start to wash away from you. And you feel like you've had a uh, full night's sleep. This is some strange food that uh, makes me feel like I slept. Uh, interesting. Yeah, this really puts a new meaning on the phrase, hungry to sleep. Oh, I've never heard that before. Huh. And Kayla's going to say, the food here is I enjoy very much. Many of my kind find this plain distasteful and soft, but I rather like it. I take pleasure in it when the need arises for me to visit the air is refreshing, and the lack of relative strife is relaxing. Oh, you're from another plane, then. Which one is that? Why, the abyss, of course. Ooh, Juliet spits out her food. The abyss? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Yes, the abyss. And she Where? just, you know, looks at you and rolls this goblet in her hands. And it's kind of a bland look. She's like, yeah, it's a matter of fact, yeah. It's like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> so, you're a demon of some sort. Why, yes, of course. And would your mistress be loath 
<laughs> Why, yes, however did you guess? Is it all the spiders? Yes, yes, yes. I'm quick. I'm very clever sometimes. <laughs> Lunadas feels very good about himself for that. Uh, how <laughs> would you know about Lolf? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Give me a religion He's an check. Elf, so he probably would at least know his race's like hated enemy, the Drow. But that's me. well, he was raised in by monks. So if we're talking about allies of ruin, you might know. I guess that's true. So if these are traditional allies of ruin, he would know. If not, then he wouldn't. <laughs> you probably would know that. Okay then. Yeah, it's just a matter of factly, you know, says, yeah, my uh, my god is Loth. And you said that uh, our arrival, our exit from the tomb, I should say, was predicted by a prophet. Is it is this another prophet or the same one from outside Ashfell? No, it's the same one. He and Nifron had a conversation a couple of weeks back. And you so look before, over and Nifron's still stuffing his face with, like, boring potatoes. So before he died then. Okay. Yes, I guess we could have spoke to him after he died, but slightly more difficult. That, and I hear there's not much left of that camp. A few stragglers, a few horses, yeah. And at that, you're going to hear uh, Turin growl, and then he composes himself and goes back to eating. So, are you here to make a deal, or are you going to take our souls for this particular feast? <laughs> Take your souls for a feast. How ridiculous and droll. I don't take souls. Those are wives' tales. We could talk business if you're finished eating. Sure. I suppose that would be best. Nifron, with like a mouth uh, half full of food, puts down his knife and fork. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, God, really? It's uh, sort of like when the, the queen finishes eating, everyone finishes eating. <laughs> Except Talia. Uh, no, Talia's gonna pat her, her belly like like she has a food baby and um, and just smile contentedly. So she's gonna say, So how was the tomb? Did you find much resistance? No, none at all. Just a little bother from the fire plane. Oh, Yes few elementals and a fretty nothing we couldn't handle obviously or you wouldn't be here so do you have the girdle we do uh what is it to you so she's going to say well done in gathering these trinkets that banished ruin she's glad to see them in hand even after all these millennium she holds a grudge may I see the girdle oh ah uh... And what do you the need amulet? To see I will have them if you please. That's uh that's not what we were told. That's not how this works. Uh we were told to gather these for Sish, and if anyone's gonna get him, it's probably gonna be him. Sish is of no concern. He's but a minor player in all of this. And don't get me wrong, you'll be rewarded for your effort with gifts from my mistress. And if you're confronted by Sish or any other Red Talon with expectations of your success, you can show them this. And she's going to hold up her hand with the palm facing upward and a black uh, polished wood cylinder appears. And she's going to toss it to you, Juliet. 
Um, what does this do? Is this a potion? A magic item? What? What is this? She says, go ahead, open it. Juliet is going to hold it away from her and open it up. And then if nothing happens, she'll just see what's inside. I just uh, sent you something in chat, if you'll read it. Interesting. Let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. The bearer of this has my blessing and full authority. They shall not be impeded or molested on pain of death. Signed, The Harbinger. Who the hell is The Harbinger? Do you say that out loud? Yeah. She says, you don't know The Harbinger. Uh, would Lunados know about The Harbinger? Lunados would. Um. And Lunados would know that The Harbinger is basically running this whole show on Earth trying to bring Ruin Axis back. Okay. And he'll say that. He'll say, the, the Harbinger is in charge of our efforts. And uh, below that paper, Juliet, you're going to see that there is a seal below the signature and four red talons in the shape of a cross within a circle. And it appears to be stamped in blood. Uh, Juliet's going to show Alunidas and just kind of like, eh, is this real? Does Alunidas need to roll a check or anything? You have seen this symbol before, and you think anybody who would have the audacity to write something like this in the Harbinger's name either has, like, the biggest balls on Earth, <laughs> or it's real. Anyone writing this is either genuine or a fool unto death. And oh. Kayla's going to say, you may need this if you come across her other agents asking questions. Not the least of which is who you mentioned, Sish. You now only answer to me, the Harbinger and Ruinaxis, of course. <laughs> this is a great honor that should not be lost on you. You have proven yourselves more resourceful above the others based on your deeds. Well, we do our best. This is a very pleasant surprise. This has been very nice and all, but I think we'll be on our way. Thank you. <laughs> That's cute. I do so enjoy mortal humor. What seems to be the problem, Juliet? There's no problem. We just need to get going. Um, it was nice catching up and... Actually, Nifron, what, why are you even here? Kale is going to speak for Nifron. He goes where he is bidden, and currently he has been bidden here. We have much more to discuss, and you're not going anywhere. There are great plans for you in the works. I was afraid you were going to say that. Um, okay, uh, lay it out for us then. What are we supposed to do now? Well, first, you'll give me the artifacts. Oh. No, no, that's not going to happen at all. They are quite useful to us in our efforts. They are very powerful. There's too great a chance they could be lost again in this plane if you're slain to people we don't want having them. Well, there is that. It is for their protection, and ultimately for Ruin Axis's. But don't get me wrong, you will be rewarded greatly. Uh, what is our reward anyway? I mean, I'd like to know ahead of time so you don't 
you're a demon, no offense. You're going to tell us that our reward is pain and torture and death, so... <laughs> Nothing so uncivilized. Some trinkets of power, some gold. You will be fairly compensated for your troubles. That, and let's be honest, none of you are powerful enough to use them to their full potential anyway. Not to their full potential, but to quite a bit of their potential. However, so long as the artifacts we're given in return are well suited to our needs, that might not be a problem. But of course. And she is going to wave her hands, and there's going to be a pair of boots that appear in front of you, Lunadas. Ooh. Lunadas, don't dare touch those. You touch them and you sign away your soul. My soul belongs to Ruin Axis. I don't really have any fear of that. What do these boots do? So you think you're fast? I'm fairly quick. Yes. You have no idea of your potential. And what about the others? Well, being as you're the only, as I know, true believer here, I figured it was a show of good faith. But I will need the artifacts. How are we supposed to know that we're getting fairly compensated if we don't know what we're being compensated with? My dear, all of this is favors to you. I will have the artifacts one way or the other. I'm trying to not exactly placate you, but give you some reward for your effort. Uh, real quick, uh, what would Lunadas know about Tiamat's opinion about all of this. <laughs> um, you're... Give me a religion check. 13. What you know of Tiamat is, you know, she's the god of dragons. You don't really think that Tiamat would give a shit one way or the other about um, Ruin Axis coming back to this plane and raising hell. Okay. So, in that case, I won't try to... Uh, Goad Juliet with that. <laughs> well, I mean, you would know that Tiamat's an evil dragon god. But I don't know how she feels about the abyss, about ruin axes, things like that. Um, you don't think that, that Tiamat would probably, you know, give two shits about, you know, ruin axis, you know, coming up here and stirring up trouble. Because ruin axis is an evil dragon that's ancient. I mean, does. How does Tiamat feel about uh, Ruin Axis being locked away by impudent lesser beings? Um, you don't know that... Based on what you know of, of Tiamat, you don't know if she would care one way or the other. Think about this, Juliet. I mean, you can't really use these artifacts. And if we're being compensated with other artifacts, you're not necessarily signing away your soul. You could probably make that a condition of the trade. Yes? I don't see any reason why we have to. In fact, uh, let me let me show you something. And Juliet pulls out the scroll. It says, The bearer of this has my blessing and full authority. They shall not be impeded or molested on pain of death, the harbinger. So you are impeding me by bothering me to ask for the artifacts. I will be on my way taking them right now. Are you standing up and trying to leave? Yes. Uh, give me a wisdom saving throw. Say nine. <laughs> um, as you try to sit up, 
she is going to point to you and say, Sit. Sit. And your muscles are frozen and you are unable to move. Ludodos shakes his head sadly. I understand your caution, Juliet, but I don't think we have the upper hand here. You have the blessing of the Harbinger, but the Harbinger answers to me. I can't move my um, mouth to speak. But the- <laughs> no, you can't. Let her go now. You've made your point. And she says, I think we can continue our conversation now with more amenable ears. And uh, she's going to ignore Juliet, and she's going to look uh, to you, Aludidas. Ruinaxis is gathering her power. Her time in the abyss hasn't been idle, and she's grown in power and carved out quite the kingdom for herself. She's also made some powerful allies as well, including my queen. But you probably already know this. Of course, that's exactly what she would do. She almost has the strength at this point to return to this plane. My mistress has agreed to aid her in this. However, as powerful as my mistress is, she cannot do it by her power alone. Sending someone as low as me here to your plane is trivial, but the saviors with their magic have made it quite a bit more difficult. My mistress needs something powerful an anchor on this plane before Ruin Axis can be returned. Something that is a part of that great worm that still exists here on this plane. Can you guess what that may be? Mundas is not too happy about this. I'm guessing you mean our mistress's egg. Yes. For all your scurrying around to find these artifacts, which, do not mistake me, is worthwhile won't help to return Ruinaxis to this plane. My mistress needs her egg, which is, for now, beyond her sight and divination. I should not have to tell you this, but there is great glory and power awaiting those who find her egg. We have many friends looking for it, and the prophet tells me you have part of the key to finding it. Yes, we found part of a map. Uh... But about the artifacts, uh, Juliet will want good compensation and guarantees for her safety. Guarantees for her safety? There's no guarantees in anything. I can tell you this, I won't kill her unless she gives me reason. She also obviously has concerns for her soul and making deals with a demon. I'll pipe in with, I feel like that's valid. Kayla's gonna laugh. What kind of deal would I make for her soul? Her soul means nothing to me. None of your souls mean anything to me. You're just, you're mortals. My reward is in the service of Loth. That's an excellent point. Uh, See, in addition to powerful artifacts, uh, Juliet favors knowledge and her ongoing search for power. Uh, But what sort of uh, help could you offer her there? Hmm. And she thinks for a moment. I'm not talking about any sort of hell-sworn bargain, but books, artifacts, magical power. She can seek and earn on her own. Well, it seems, and she's going to look around uh, to Juliet, and she's going to uh, release the spell enough on her, enough to where she moves her mouth, uh, where Juliet can move her mouth, and says... 
Now that you know, girl, that I don't want your soul, what is it that you would wish? I just want to know... I want to know that if my family is safe or not. She is going to say, that's all you wish? Yes. And she says, done. And she is going to uh, pull a bowl from the table, and she's going to empty it out and pour um, some wine into it. And then you're going to see her start chanting some words over the bowl. She's going to reach over and touch her hand. After a few minutes of staring into this bowl, she's going to uh, raise her head and say, They appear to be relatively safe for now. They are imprisoned in the dungeons of Kala. I see. Uh, thank you. And as for the girl, I'd rather she not become too entangled in the affairs of gods. If she were to choose to go her own way, I would want her unmolested. As well as for her to get out of love. And the best smiles. She's going to laugh. You must know by accepting these gifts, you are bound by this contract. Well, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm asking for the girl. What I need for you is to find her egg. All these other trinkets, yes, they have some power. But in order to bring Ruin back, I need that egg. You've proven yourself capable above all her other friends. So you can continue as you have until you prove my intervention is needed. But make no mistake, your failure will be punished severely. You are but mortal and insects to me. And to that end, Nifron will accompany you. And the elf by, beside her scoffs. And then she turns and hisses at him. And you see, like, the fangs come out. And he flinches and appears to be cowed for a moment. And she says, He will not direct you as it is not his place, but it will give you guidance and aid. He will also report to me your progress or lack of and you do not want to disappoint my mistress, or your mistress, Anunidas. Very well. Talia, do you have anything to say, Alexander? As a minor, I don't feel like I'm capable of uh, signing a legally binding contract, which is what would happen if I were to take these artifacts. That responsibility would fall onto my um, guardians, which would, in this case, be Uncle Luno. <laughs> All of if you, you say are. that in character, I'm going to land. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Seems like a good enough story to put together. I'll sign the contract. Very well. Sounds like we're agreed. All except for one. Oh, uh, right. Juliet will double check the contract. Does it actually say what? Is uh, it? Is it in plain terms? There, there's no, there's <laughs> like no contract here. It's she's, more of a verbal contract. She's basically but, said, okay, I'm just... She's basically said, you guys are, you're in way too deep on this, and there's really no, you're not, you can't back out of this at this point. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, in that case, Juliet will agree, begrudgingly. So uh, she says, it's done then. And she takes a long sip from her goblet and rolls it between her hands. And Linda smiles and looks at his new boots. So uh, she says, I'll have the artifacts now, if you please. Grumble, grumble. So let's hand over the artifacts. Is this going to happen with every artifact we get? Seems so. Seems so. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, you got to use it for a little bit. We did? We didn't use it at all. You tried to use it on the uh, Welchima things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she was getting the bonuses from the amulet. True. The bonuses I never used. (laughs) The girdle might have been useful for Juliet if she'd uh, continued mixing it up with the wizard and uh, Welchima thing. Yeah. You also got to consider, I can't give you like that level of artifact at level five. (laughs) Yeah, of course not. (laughs) She's going to uh, take the artifacts from you and she says... Thank you. That wasn't so hard, was it? Not at all. Well, a little, actually. Yeah. So she's going to look at you, Alunidas, uh, um, and she's going to uh, say, The boots will make you faster. Once per day, you can call upon their power. And basically what they do is you can use those boots to cast haste on yourself once per day. Nice. Do I get a cool artifact? Not exactly an artifact, but what would you wish, Bod? Can I get an item that can transform into any instrument? Why, surely. She's going to uh, snap her fingers, and there's going to be a um, ocarina up here in front of you. I'm going to grab it. And she says, you just have to think about what you want, and that's what it'll become. I think about bagpipes. You think about bagpipes, and it starts to expand and turn soft and turns into uh, these red and green and black and white pattern bag and this rich mahogany wood uh, pipes. I start blasting them, the bagpipes, to test them out. And she raises her hand and says, please, please, not not now. We're still talking. And then she's going to turn to uh, Tali and says, And you, dear? Um, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it too much, but uh, some self-poisoning daggers would be sweet. Ones that I can throw and come back to me, if possible. Because, uh, out of character, because Tali is like a little girl who's like, think, dreaming really big. <laughs> she says, done. And she um, snaps her fingers and two dull iron. They're not even like pretty, like a polished steel, but they're dull gray iron. They have a bronze hilt and this cloth wrapping around the handles. You can see like out of the the pinpoint like uh, this dark fluid that appears to be uh, pulling up. Sweet! And I'm going to pick them up carefully. That'd probably be the best idea. So those are daggers returning. And they are plus one daggers that will return to your hands if you throw them. They also do 1d6 poison damage once per encounter. Sweet. And then she's going to look to Turin and say, Is there anything that you wish? And uh, he's going to say, I want my wife back. She says, Done. And clicks her fingers and says, You will find her where she fell. And with that, Turin is going to, like, push his chair out of the way and give you this wave, and he's going to bounce. And he takes Rut off running out of this cave. That's just not a surprise. After he takes off, she is going to stand up, and when she stands up, Nifron stands up, and she says, I think our business here is concluded. You know what you have to do. Of course, rescue our mistress well not rescue 
Serve our mistress. And she's going to turn and look at Nifron and say, Take care of them until I come to fetch you. And he's going to nod his head. And then she's going to take her cloak and wrap it around herself and pull her hood up. And as she does, you see her form uh, dissipate into smoke. So I think that's probably a pretty good place to end it right there. I wonder if Turin's going to regret that wish. Oh, yeah, he is. (laughs) I have no regrets. Yeah, and also, how is he getting out of the cave? Uh, There's an entrance there that uh, the two figures were standing beside, so he just walked out that way. Makes sense. I thought he was walking back towards the all the people. I'm like, oh, that seems like a bad idea. Poor Juliet got spanked by the high priestess of a god. Tear. Yeah, I was like, I didn't expect like Juliet causing trouble, but damn, if she tries to fight this priestess, it's going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Juliet is not happy about this in the least. Not surprising that. Yeah, it was probably not the best place to be uh, expressing your displeasure to uh, this thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons & Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling-sized favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Howdy, folks. I'm Gerg of Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, and I'd like to take a minute to address some of the slander about my business. We have some of the finest slow-cooked barbecue in the Plains Nation, and yes, we offer all hours crematorium services, but never the twain shall meet. Rest assured that your delicious combo platter of pulled pork and mutton never touched the remains of someone's loved one. Death comes for us all, and at all hours, and we answer the call. But that doesn't mean you could be eating a person. You have my word, we keep it separate. So if you have a hunger in your belly or sadness in your soul for the loss of a loved one, we can help. Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, we're always open. I'm Hannah and I'll be playing Talia the Human Road. Definitely Eagle. Oh my god, okay, let me try that again. Can I try that again? Can we (laughs) cut this? No, you can't try that again. It's one and done. There's no going back. No! Alright, ahem. The music you heard on this episode was Evening of Chaos, Serpentine Trek, Private Reflection, Drums of the Deep, and Temple of the Mains by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.